Love Talk Radio. A podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years' combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. We are here. Yes, indeedy. And you know what? We were just talking about the drama that exists out in the world today. There is so much, both personal, professional, and anywhere else. Yeah. Sometimes it's fun. Yes, it is. Sometimes it's not. It's fun when it's someone else's. It's not (laughs) fun when it's your own. That's true. And interesting (laughs) enough, you know, as we are going through the process, this technically is going to be a pre-record, yes. and we will be setting it up for tomorrow. 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 Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The, we're, our lives are a little weird right now with, with graduations and going out of towns and vacations and whatnot, so we're, um, we're a little more confused than normal, <laughs> or oh, I should rephrase that. I'm a little more confused than normal. I go with it. I'll, I'll play on that one too. You know, the tail end of, of anything. It's like, yay! I'm I'm the tail of the kite. You're the kite. You're going up there and you're flying. And I'm following. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now we we've got a lot of different things going on. We have the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, which is the last hosted one here on the West Coast at Miss Cat's Lucky Mojo Curio Company location. Yep. Uh, this coming weekend. Right. And, of course, because of that, I work out of that area and in different times at different places, and Phoenix is associated with it as well. And so it's causing a lot of confusion and and intensity in our lives. Yeah. And then after that, it's, as she says, graduations, proms. um, Yeah, there's there's an art show on Friday night. Prom on Saturday night. Basically, from now until the end of the school year, there's at least two or three things every week <laughs> that I either need to attend or help facilitate them happening for my child. Right. And I already have a very busy schedule. Yes, she this does. Is, this is a. It's feeling like a lot. If my kid was capable of just dealing with her schedule, then it would be fine. But she ain't. She's not one of those kids. 
clean it up. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you this, just from knowing I have family that has teenagers, they all need help. Yes. And whether they're girls or boys, right. um, they all need help yeah. to somehow Getting them ready to fly the nest is more more of the issue than anything else. Yeah, tomorrow morning I have a tattoo appointment. I, I have a piece that I've started, a bigger piece, and that is going to be my rest and relaxation for the month. Like, Does that my, sound strange? Right. Getting poked by needles? Okay, yeah, getting having, having being tortured basically for two to three hours is going to be my only break for myself. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that is amazing. Oh my gosh, and that says it all. That's that's yeah, me. yeah. Check. There you go. <laughs> Mine is is probably only. What can I say? It's it's just a lot of different things that are going to be participating in different events and situations. Being present, we have to throw in Mother's Day in yeah. in this weekend. You know, right. so there's certain things happy around. Mother's Day, oh, Happy sure. Mother's Day, darling. You're just. We are such great mothers. Yeah. Um, I had to get everything sent off to. Um, my daughter in Arkansas for the graduation of her stepson, the birthdays of that stepson and the other stepson, the Mother's Day to her, the anniversary for her and her right. husband. And then at the tail end of that is also Father's Day, which I didn't get because that's June, and yeah, I just yeah. kind of made all of May, and I realized well, I should have at least put that in there, but it will get there. And I just said, it's an envelope. I'm sending it to you because I've sent things to the kids. And they're not going to wait. Yeah. They don't have that concept. They just open it up and go, wee, and that may be two weeks before the birthday or whatever. And I'm like, no. <laughs> so I have my daughter taking care of that, but it had to go out so it could get. Right. It's like, yeah. So everything seems to be, you know, under pressure right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's an intense time. Yeah, I know. Not necessarily bad, just intense. Yes. And we've got a lot of different um, topics that we will be putting onto the pre-record uh, events yeah. here. And this particular one we have is Spirit of Place yeah. and Fairies or Fae. Yeah. Fae. And we do have, I'll, I'll probably mention this again before we sign off, but we have an Ask a Witch episode coming up. And we've definitely been getting some interesting questions. Um yeah, yeah. We're not going to predict the winners of any freaking sports games. People, like, just stop sending me those questions. But if you have other questions, esoteric questions or practical questions or you want a tarot reading or something, then send us an email. Go to the website, witchpriestesscauldron.com, and fill out the little questionnaire. Yeah. But stop sending me freaking football questions. And I'm talking about English football. I've been getting all kinds of, like, is Arsenal or whoever the hell going to win? Like, A, I don't care. <laughs> and, B, that's not what we do. No, so, no, no. Sorry. It's it's just one of those things, you know, it's um, sometimes certain people have the ability to actually do that. Yeah. And, you know, it's sure. not that we lack ability. It's just we have focus. I've never tried, honestly. Maybe I should. I could start gambling. There you go. With home money. Uh, you know, I can predict certain things. I can feel good about certain things, but it's it's because I also have a feel of the flow. Yeah. And you know, certain gambling things, it's yeah, it's not like other gambling. things. I'm too much of a tourist. I don't like gambling. It feels like I like winning. 
Yeah. Winning is fun. Yeah. But you don't win that much, no. really, in the scheme of things. And I don't like, like, I might as well have just burned that money. It would have kept me warmer. <laughs> I don't like it at all. I understand. Well, you know, and, and, and then <laughs> there you are with that stuff. It's It's kind of like we have such a broad range of capacities in the psychic field yeah and you know like I will tell people I am not a medical intuitive right. but there are people who are really good at it Absolutely. and there are people that are really good at you know working other kinds of things and that's I think when you look at the talent and the ability it's because we're willing to put our ego aside mm-hmm. There's a lot going on about ego recently. And if you put your ego aside, you can know what you're good at and where you need to support other people who are good at that right. that you're not at. Right. We're not all going to be good at all the things. No. No. And we wouldn't want that. I don't know. It would It would actually be interesting, but the, the thought of it means a lot of responsibility. Yes, this is true. And I'm a Sag. I don't necessarily, you know, do well with a lot of tethers and strings right. and stuff. Right. So. Okay, well, spirit of place. Yes. Okay. So, interesting. Yes. Um, officially called genus Loki. Yes. Okay. In the Roman tradition. Yes. How would you like to define it, darling? <laughs> you're you're at, you're being very communicative with me. Well, so this is um, I mean to be fully transparent, like what I, I have a book coming out in October. Mm-hmm. It's called What Is Remembered Lives. Little plug there for the book. But it is about working with deities, ancestors, and the Fae. So this subject is part of the book, and it's a subject that is very near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. And, and I have probably a more radical viewpoint of spirits of place or spirits of the land, they're mm-hmm. sometimes called, and the Fae, where I actually think they're all interrelated. Um, so I think I've used this analogy before, you know, if we look at paganism as an, no, let me even take that back a step. If we look at Christianity as an umbrella, mm-hmm. and under the umbrella is um, Catholics and Baptists and Protestants and all the different flavors of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And paganism, we can make an umbrella of paganism, and there's witches and Wiccans and stregas and all of the different flavors of paganism under that umbrella. Mm-hmm. I look at it as the fae are also this umbrella, and I actually take it into a scientific place. Like, this is the only thing I remember from eighth grade science. <laughs> Kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus, species. There you go. The only thing I remember from eighth, and I don't know why I remember it, but I do. And if we look at the fae as the kingdom, mm-hmm. then some of these other spirits fall within that kingdom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So developing a relationship with spirits of the land, spirits of place, or fae beings is slightly different right. depending on the, the specific class or order or family or whatever that you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. But generically, from a you know a bird's eye view, they're all interrelated. Right. Right. And there's right. actually been quite a bit of consternation on the interwebs lately about um, people saying that, you know, um, what is the word? Nature spirits and the fae are the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that they are. I think that they're specific mm-hmm. types of, of fae beings, nature mm-hmm. spirits. 
but there are people who are very against that, mm -hmm. that it's, you know, lumping everything into one basket. And I agree it is lumping everything into one basket, and it's not that simple. Mm -hmm. They're not, you know, all the different types of fae or spirits of place or spirits of the land are not interrelated or, or even, uh, the, you can't deal with them the same way. Right. But they are of the same kingdom. Right. Right. So I think my opinion is probably a little bit um, heretical. Does that surprise me? No. No. Well, I see, you know, and she really did get into it. So, you know, it's it's definitely, um, and when you read yeah. on the Internet or anywhere, what you're picking up is, you know, they, they basically, there's the spiritual side, and then there is the, um, and it's interesting because, um, the spirit of place and genus Loki is also taken into account in a less metaphysical way. Yeah. And they talk about landscapes right. and structures and even in the, the aspects of uh, architecture and things of this nature. I found it fascinating because what it did is it took what we as witches and pagans are really personal about and it took it into another place. It didn't destroy it. It just shifted right. where you do it. And that's interesting because my personal feeling, again, take my glasses off because it's like I can only, I mean, they're reading glasses. So if I'm looking at, we are actually sitting across from each other, which is very unusual okay. recently, is looking at her, my, my co-host is here. I only see like, like magnifications and blurs and I'm like, I can't go there. Um, it's, it's, I talk to people and I, I tell them the spirit of place is if they're trying to work with their property and their house, I said it's two things. One is the place that the land it is on, and one is the structure that you have. Because the structure is not a cave. It isn't a bunch of stones put together, right. you know. And even if it's a hut, it's built out of something yeah. to create something else, so it becomes its own entity. Yeah. So I'm really adamant about giving people acceptance and knowledge that working with spirits of place yeah. are two different objects. Right. And right. And you could drill it down even further that then there would be the spirits that live in and around that land and right. dwelling. Right. That, you know, have different functions and interactions and blah, blah, blah. Like you can keep going further right. and further. Right. Yeah. And, and that's true. You can. And then, of course, you have the fae, which we call brownies, is one of them that live within connection and maybe within the houses and places and mm -hmm. attics, et right. cetera, of, of locations. The lari that are part of the the protection of the, ho the, 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 the location, not just the land, but the, the family house or domain. And, of course, so it, it, it has this, you're right, an interwoven. Yeah. And I really like that because... Nothing is separate. Right. And so, you know, when we talk of spirit of place, it can be a beautiful waterfall. It can be a land. It can be a tree. It can be, you know, the rock mm -hmm. or rocks. Um, so, you know, a lot of that is, is for pagans. I think we, we get too locked into nature-based, mm -hmm. and we, we kind of get too narrow. And I think this is a much bigger perspective, and I like the idea because – it's a bigger world view now. Mm -hmm. Well, I think we also need to um, 
organize and label and give description to everything. Mm -hmm. And there are things, and this is how I feel about the Fae mm -hmm. in general, there are things that we just can't quite comprehend with our human brains and vision mm -hmm. and experience. We mm -hmm. can't. It's bigger than us. It's different than us. Mm -hmm. And if we haven't experienced it, we can't truly get it. Right. And and I think that's part of of Bay is that it is. It's not going to work the way we think it is mm -hmm. going to work. Uh, but we try to put our human title on it. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Like you said something about the genus Loki or Loki or whatever. Um, you think of. Like the way something place feels, mm -hmm. you know, just thinking like if you've ever been to the ocean and stood on on a beach and how that feels, or if you've ever been in the middle of the financial district of a city, mm -hmm. how that feels and how different it is. Exactly. That is the genus loci, right? Exactly. That, that is yes. the spirit of that place. Yes. Yeah. 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 And and what we see and feel and mostly feel because you know it's yep. it's the eyes are part of what we use but it is a total visceral feeling mm -hmm. of a location um you could go into a huge beautiful home right. and walk in and you're looking and you 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 go i don't like the feel yeah something's wrong here yeah. it doesn't matter it's not something about oh somebody was murdered there or oh. somebody died there but the feeling is wrong and it could be that someone was murdered there yeah there or it could be you bring your best friend over and they're like i don't know what you're talking about this place is great because it's not great for you exactly because you're also an individual with your own individual experiences and connections mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so it's it, all of this stuff is also very personal right which is what i think makes it so difficult to fully grok and talk about and understand mm -hmm. and I think it's why people have such strong feelings about no it's like this or no it's mm -hmm. like that because that's mm -hmm. how they're experiencing right. it right not necessarily how it is for everyone exactly and so when you're writing about it and and you're putting things down in information form it has to be always put with um it's not black and white, this yeah. is it. Right. Uh, one of the things I found that they, of course, the first thing is in um, when they went to the romanticism yes. age, the Victorian, they, the Victorian era. era, they made everything really cute and, and beautiful and little cute little fairies and That's cute little diminutives and tinker. Oh, yeah. God. And it's, to me, <laughs> I have a feeling, no wonder where they kind of went underground because they were so disgusted with, you know, how diminutized they were. And, and of course, that's also done to do power over process. Mm -hmm. And uh, then, of course, you have the Christian church that decided that these are all demons. Right. And so there are all these bad things. And so, you know, I, I see how, as a culture, we have taken these energies, these beings, mm -hmm. and taken and tried to control them. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, co-creation is probably the best way to do it, and that's why probably the more ancients had a better sense of that process. Right. And you can still find that. Mm -hmm. In Ireland, even though they're a you know a first world country and they're modern and blah 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 whatever, mm -hmm. I'm, ca I'm casting my own aspersions and judgment about that, but it might not be the way you think I mean it. <laughs> uh, but they there's still very much a relationship with the Fae mm -hmm. and with the land and with the spirits of the land and understanding where you build things and where you don't and right. where you walk and where you don't. Right. And a clear healthy fear 
of the Fae because they're not necessarily nice. Yeah. Uh, in South Africa, there is still a very strong relationship with what I'm going to use the word Fae. That's not the word they use, and I can't remember. So it's, I know I'm not going to be able to pull that one. I think it's. But that's still very strong. Mm-hmm. In Iceland, it's the trolls are still oh, yeah. very strong. In Japan, in these countries around the world where there's still a relationship with the land, mm-hmm. these relationships haven't been lost with the fey beings, with right. the spirits of place, the spirits of the land. And I feel like um, we're kind of screwed, and I've probably talked about this before. Mm-hmm. In this country, in, in North America specifically, it's even harder because we uh, it, we don't want to be stealing from the native cultures that were here before us. Mm-hmm. So the spirits of the land are still here. The fey beings are still here. They might not tell us the names that the natives called them, and it wouldn't be appropriate for us to use those names. Mm-hmm. But it is appropriate for us to have relationships with them because yeah. we live here. Exactly. I was, I've, I've been born and raised in California. I've lived here. I've lived in this county, in Sonoma County, since third grade. Uh-huh. I know this place. Uh-huh. It is my my breath and blood and bone. Uh-huh. Like I am connected to this place. But my ancestry doesn't go back even one generation. I'm the first one. Uh-huh. And I am so connected to this land. I know it. You couldn't drop me off. At, you blindfold me and drive me anywhere in Sonoma County. As soon as you take the blindfold off, I'll know exactly where we are. Mm-hmm. I know this land. Mm-hmm. I have a relationship with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important for those of us that are North American or even some parts of Europe where that's been lost a little bit. Right, right. Is reconnecting to the land and the spirits that live on the land. That's why our culture's fucked up mm-hmm. because it's just a commodity. Exactly. You can just use it. And we, we we don't consider that there is any other way or yeah. any other right. And that is the same, that's the overlay mm-hmm. of what happened. And I'm not going to say that the Puritans or the people that came, the pilgrims that came, truly were bad people and did things and were wrong and disconnected everything. But I feel succeeding generations. Yeah started to take on the dominion, you know, the dominion of this is mine, ours, instead of, you know, the collective ours, it's like the smaller ours, and and it's just gotten worse to the point where we're looking at, and I know California is one of the leading states in the, the concept of ecology and working with keeping places safe and, and culture, you know, all the yeah. things that we're talking about because we both have, we have mountains and we have valleys. Sounds like I'm going to go into a musical. <laughs> and then the ocean. Yeah. And so we've got all these we together, yeah. whereas, you know, other states that are still on the, you know, working in the same area have one. Right. They might have lakes and they might have mountains. Right. Okay. And so lakes are, are confined bodies of water, whereas the ocean yeah. is literally all over the world. Yeah. It comes and goes. Yeah, and it, and it, 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 what hits us here, like we're still getting hit with radiation here on in the California uh-huh. coastline from the Fukushima nuclear meltdown right. from several years ago. Right. That is still our reality. Still. Right? So having a relationship with the land, having not wanting to build a nuclear reactor on the ocean, mm-hmm. something could go wrong and poison the world. 
if you're if you have a relationship with the land, that makes sense to you. Right. Of course, I don't want to do that. Right. I'm not willing to take that risk. Right. Right. Which happened here in Bodega Bay. Yep. Many exactly. many hundred years ago, they wanted to build a nuclear reactor in Bodega Bay on a fault line, I might add. Mm-hmm. And the local community was like, "No, man, we're not doing that," and it was shut down. And it's still a large hole out at Bodega Headland. Yeah, they call it the hole in the head. Yeah, which (laughs) I find absolutely, I mean, amazing and amusing. Yeah. You know, and for me, I, though I was born in New York, Mm -hmm. Manhattan to be precise, um, I don't have any relation because at a year old, they they sort of transported us to the California environment, but it was Southern California, which also has its own you know, things and, yeah. and dynamics. And then they kind of moved back and forth to northern and southern. So I I'm, I'm would probably say I'm Californian by virtue of everything but actual birthplace. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm West Coast full on. Yeah, you and, are. And, you know, for, for folks who are listening who aren't from California, there is a vast difference between the genus loci of northern California oh, yes. and southern California. Yes. It's two different places. It really is. I mean, it's well you think of how vast texas is right okay now texas has the gulf coast mm-hmm. and so there's there it's got certain kinds of you know environment and then you've got the more as it goes around and you know yep. the different deserts well they're they're more like plains and yeah. things like that high and dry and hot and flat. dry and flat <laughs> um it's it it's different yeah and so you do have different energies. Right. It's fascinating because obviously um, going to Arkansas is uh, there's a lot of nature there, a lot of nature. And of course, as I just found out recently, a lot of tornadoes just went r- <laughs> running through. Of course, they also went running through Texas and yeah. a few other places. But I'm finding it interesting when I go yeah. of finding the energies of the place yeah. and the spirits of the yeah. place because. They're very capable of connecting with mm-hmm. you. They haven't, no matter what they've done to that land, and depending on where you are, you know, what they've done, it's still very alive. Mm-hmm. And I'm fascinated by that because I know here we've kept a consciousness of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but places like the East Coast, a lot of places haven't. Yeah. But there is something interesting that I've found on the East Coast it feels older than it does in California because the buildings are older. Yes. The culture is yes. older. And so there is an interesting, um, I don't know, there's an interesting vibe that mm-hmm. it feels different than mm-hmm. the West Coast. That's, again, the genus look it right. feels different. It feels different, you're and you're talking, and you're dealing with it. Yeah. It was the same as I just recently had uh, a chance to be with my stepdaughter, um, Angie, and she, of course, is... Uh, from my last husband's family environment, and we had gone to Italy uh, as a, an event and a, a gathering of, of ourselves, and that was where we went. Was we were in Sicily, and we're talking. We were just li- reliving the different things about the experiences and how alive it is, and that is a totally different thing. And, of course, old world because it's even older. And I was fascinated about the the reminding myself of that. Right. But again, those were spirits of place. And then there were a shitload of temples because Sicily kind of became 
kind of the playground of the Roman Empire as where they would build a bunch of temples and they would go out and hang out and play and do all kinds of stuff. They actually called it the Isle of Persephone, and there was a whole area that they would literally flood where there are all these temples, but they would flood a certain area and they would do water games. Yeah. It was just, and I didn't know any of this, obviously, it was an experience, yeah. and we were walking around, and you could—it's kind of like, whoa, this is this is like—it's yeah. almost like they decided to want to manifest, even though they—they they, there were a lot of tourists around, so I don't think they were planning on coming out full body yet. Yeah. But um, it was—it was interesting, and you're going to have an experience to going to two different locations mm-hmm. uh, in a very short period of time, yeah. and that yeah. is going to be really nice. Yeah. So, yeah, and I think there's, for me also, and I think you experienced this when you went to Sicily, mm-hmm. we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. but my, I'm going to France and my ancestry is French. Mm-hmm. And weirdly, I've been doing a ton of, of research about my ancestry and I discovered that this one, basically it's now like a port town mm-hmm. and that's where the train stop is, mm-hmm. is where my family is from, not from the town my mom was born in. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be in the town where most of my family was from, and there, there's something interesting about that, too, like mm-hmm. the ancestry of the land mm-hmm. and how that might feel, how I might yeah. connect with the genus when yeah. I'm there. Right, and we talk about, I know we're spending a lot of time on the, you know, the, the spirit of place, but I think that because of the spirit of place, mm-hmm. The fae mm-hmm. are part. They will. They will come as whatever the the labels that we yeah. put on them. Yeah. Okay. Will come to you as an individual, mm-hmm. as an energy pattern, as a breeze. As a. It, it doesn't matter how it happens. Yeah. But I think it's the spirit of place that for us now in this time of you know the world is how we can connect to the fae. Yeah. And so what if we take a break okay. and we come back and dig more into the bay and the unseelie courts and all that stuff? Oh, that sounds crap. so good. Okay. All right. We'll be back. Talk about quick. Elvira <laughs> <laughs> ran a quick errand while we were on break. Yes, very quick, <laughs> but very successful. <laughs> and not personal, just something going on in the house. Okay, so we're going to move to the fake. The fake. Okay, so you jump okay. in. So uh, first, again, I'm going to say some things that are um, 
heretical. And, and I would like to give just like a shout out to Morgan Daimler and Laura O'Brien. Morgan Daimler has written a lot about the Fae and working mm-hmm. with the Fae and mm-hmm. a lot about Celtic and Norse spirituality. She's a great resource. Laura O'Brien is Irish, mm-hmm. specifically about paganism from an Irish perspective. Mm-hmm. She also talks about the Fae from an Irish perspective. Ooh, nice. Amazing. Okay. Um, so just wanted to give that shout out. But um, the Seely and Unseely courts are utter bollocks. Thank you. In my opinion. Okay. Because, again, we mentioned the Victorians. Mm-hmm. The Seely and Unseely courts are, for those who are unaware, the Seely court is the nice fairies who want to play with you and sing you lullabies and help you find your lost keys. And they're fun and maybe a little precocious and a little bit naughty, mm-hmm. but they are going to be helpful. Mm-hmm. In the Unseely court, according to the Victorians mm-hmm. are all the evil fairies who are mean and they want to eat you and they'll rip your flesh off. And I'm, these fairies exist. I'm not trying to say these fairies don't exist. Right. But to say that there's the good ones who love humans and the bad ones who hate humans is utter crap. <laughs> it's total crap. And and these are modern constructs. Mm-hmm. We basically decided, the Victorians decided, well, the Brits. Mm-hmm. Well, we work within a monarchy, so therefore the Fae structure is also a monarchy. Right. There's a queen and blah. Nope. 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 Sorry, that's just not how it works. No. So I am not a fan of classifying the Seely and Unseely as good and bad. I think that those are human descriptors mm-hmm. of trying to make things black and white and mm-hmm. dry, and it's mm-hmm. not how it works. It's much more complicated than that. Does that mean that there are Fae who are friendly and want to be nice? Yes. Uh, there are. Does that mean that there are fae who are evil and want to eat you? Yes, there are. Mm-hmm. So a general rule of thumb is treat them all like they want to eat you because you don't know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Proceed with caution. <laughs> Truly. And I think that, you know, looking at all the different, you know, things that you can find is, and it was funny because Wikipedia, bless their little hearts, um, have a huge thing about fairy and fae and and all, and they do go into the concept Mm. of, I would love to hear what Wikipedia thinks. No, Wikipedia. Well, basically, they're, they're you know, they're trying to be very um, (sighs) correct, but they go, if they're a type of mythical being or legendary creature, in European folklore, and then it kind of goes in a form of spirit often described as metaphysical, supernatural, or preternatural. So that's how they kind of go right into it. Uh, they also then go that it's folk beliefs, so then they throw that in, and that's where we get the, you know, what we've been talking about where, um, you know, the they basically talk to them as demoted angels or demons in the mm-hmm. Christian tradition, minor deities of pre-Christian pagan beliefs, and then, of course, we go to the, I love this, prehistoric precursors to humans or as elementals. Yes. You see. Yeah, and there are, especially in the British Isles and in Ireland, there are lots of stories about the older races yes. being fae mm-hmm. uh, and the older races being, you know, of of the spirits of the land and what have you. And it's likely that some of those folk tales are because of the way migration happened, that the older um, lineages of people mm-hmm. living in those countries mm-hmm. were darker skinned and smaller and shorter. Mm-hmm. And then as the people from the north who were genetically taller and blonder and fairer 
came in, they saw these people as fey beings. Right. Right? It's right. As humans. That's it. We try to make things more fun. Yeah, that we do. And and then kind of, you know, they wanted to go with magical creatures with human appearance, small stature, magical powers, and penchant for trickery. Trickery. Oh. Don't you love that word? Tricksy little guys. Yes, I know. And I think they've, they, and then they go in, they do go to like demoted pagan deities and sure. fairies as demons. And then they even go to trying to, you know, which of course they're trying to give you a broad informational yeah. basis of, you know, where these things are. So it was, you know, very interesting. Um, but you cannot make a determination by that. That is definitely when I started looking and I'm going, you can't take that and jump off and say, this is how I'm going to now work with, you know, right. the say. Right. You can't. Right. For a lot of reasons, most of which is that it's too flat. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's too one-dimensional. It's the same as saying, well, humans mm-hmm. are known to be a little curious, mm-hmm. and they're known to get themselves in situations where they hurt themselves easily, but they have a thirst for knowledge, and they like to be communicating with each other. Like, sure, all of those things are true about humans. Right. And how generic is that? You can't quite talk about any particular group of people. Right. Or, I mean, I think that if in this time, if you talked about the white people is that the caucasians versus some other ethnic group right. you'd you'd kind of people would go no man i don't think i see it that way right you know that kind of thing there's right. a change in how they would do it um you know people would feel uh, uh lessened mm-hmm. right. because you're, you're just saying this is it and that if you take that and then bring it up to the say right well you know we're different and that's important. Yeah. And you have to approach them as individual beings. Exactly. And there are books out there. Some of them are better than others. But there are books out there that are like the Encyclopedia of the Fae. And it basically lists every species of Fae. Like Elvira mentioned brownies. And what was the other one? The, the, the Lares. The Lares is from the from the, the Strega like tradition. Right. And the, the Pentates. And the, there's, they're all over the place. Oh, yeah. Every culture yeah. on the free planet has these do. So it's it's interesting to read about these different classifications, but just keep in mind that uh, just because something is looking or behaving or um, is in your home and mm-hmm. has the energy of what we might call a brownie mm-hmm. doesn't mean that that's what that being considers itself. Or it might not. It might act like a brownie. It might do shit to your house like a brownie would. But it, it, when you actually get a good look at it, it looks nothing like a brownie. Exactly. So, exactly. You know, you have to take everything written about fairies with a grain of salt. Yeah, and I mean, they've got I, out of one of the many places I pulled, I just did it because I could get a bunch of different things. Yeah. I mean, they had banshees. Oh yeah. And dwarves and dyads and elves. And hobgoblins and gin and kelpie and I mean, you just right. keep going and you just keep going and it's it right. was and we could argue uh, I could because yeah. this is I like to do this I, I could argue every single one of those beings is not being a fae right. and yet it's easy to go okay yeah these are all fae like right. we'll just lump them all together that's it you right. just put them all in one right. thing and people are putting all cultures mm-hmm. yes we all have yeah. all cultures all 
traditions have the same thing right. in a generic sense, but right. they're specific. So you wouldn't, you know, I mean, and it's I know. evolved differently. Exactly. Just like the Irish evolved differently than the South Africans, and differently than the Japanese, differently than the Russians. And even in Russia, how freaking big is that land mass? Right. Southern Russia and Northern Russia are different people. Yeah. So you have to t- remember that, too. The, the land spirits, the fae beings, they have evolved differently than right. the spirits in another country, continent, county. Yes. I mean, like as we've been talking, you talk about Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And you talk about certain of the old, and I don't think we've got as many old growth there as we may have here, but you talk about certain forested areas yeah. in Pennsylvania. Right. And it has a different feel, and the, and the beings there, the spirit beings, the fae, have a different feel. Right. Then you come out to uh, the West Coast and you go to the Redwoods. Right. You know, you stay hang out with those trees and the beings that are part of that whole environment. Mm-hmm. It's totally different. Right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And their relationship to humans is going to be different. Of course. So, of course. You know, if you go to a less populated area, you're more likely to run into to fey beings, fey spirits that you'll never encounter in the suburbs or the city. And you're also more likely to encounter spirits that don't like you very much. True. They're less socialized. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. a good word. Yeah. Because here we have things that live in conjunction with Mm -hmm. the human dwellings and structures and people. Mm -hmm. There, if you go into reaches of, and I mean, we're even using it as far far south as um, the Amazon, Mm -hmm. areas that are not cultivated with people, Mm -hmm. tribes maybe, smaller, far, far dispersed, but you've got a different a different relationship. They're not going to like right. the the invasion of their area for many reasons. Probably because if you're thinking of how they all connect energetically, they've all been warned. Right. Yeah. I mean, if if you look at folklore, the the this race of beings has been around longer than the race of humans. Exactly. So it's not like they don't know what they're dealing with. Yeah. And they know, unfortunately, that we're not as trustworthy. Yep. You know, but there there's also a lot of folklore about the Fae that I find to be um, also just Victorian fantasy. Mm-hmm. Although I've had arguments with other people who work with the Fae. And, and like Morgan Daimler recently published uh, something she had written about things to do to avoid Fae shenanigans. And mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that she wrote was iron. Yep. Right? And iron is supposed to repel the Fae. And I've been thinking about this one a lot because, um, well, I have, like, I have my theory on why iron is a thing. And it's iron was made out of, like, iron was used to make weaponry. Right. But this is the Romans' weaponry. The Celts that lived, like, you know, where some of these Victorian fairy fantasies come from, Mm -hmm. their ancestors were the Celts, and they didn't use iron. They didn't have access to it. Right. It was the Romans that brought this concept. So the idea that iron was dangerous and painful would have been something humans experienced from the Roman legionnaires. Exactly. Right? And I also think iron is also used a lot in machinery, Mm -hmm. in tractors and vehicles and things that rip up the earth. Right. It's another way of destroying fey 
landscape. Right. Right? So I have this way of sort of rationalizing it and looking at it like, okay, well, how did our human concept get in, uh, here? Mm-hmm. Because I have definitely encountered fey beings who are like, yeah, that doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> Go ahead and hold up your iron. Your iron's athame. That's not, I'm not bothered. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so I think... Again, any of these things, if you go online and write, how do I repel fairies, you'll find a list of things. You'll also find a list of things to do to to draw them near. Right. It's not going to work for all of them. Yeah, well, and it's funny you say that because one of the things that I found fascinating, and I'm hoping I could actually find it. Oh, here it is. It's um, cream. It makes them drunk. Mm -hmm. This is it. Microwaves, they kill it, kill the fairies kills anything if you stick it in there. Kills, I have, that's something new. I've never heard that before. Microwaves. A sm- it, it microwaving a smaller fairy was shown to kill it. Like, excuse me, why would I be doing Who that? Would, you know, it's funny. This is so a non sequitur. When I was little and someone talked about putting an animal to sleep, I thought they put it in a microwave. Not that it would, like, exploded it or cooked it or anything, but it was like a gas chamber. Ah. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Okay, I'm I'm definitely learning something more about my co-hostess here. <laughs> so I'm just imagining, like, a little Tinkerbell-type fairy floating around in my microwave and turning it on, and it, like, slowly, like, eh, and it goes out. That's so ridiculous. Oh. And, of course, iron can harm them. Right. Silver burns dark fairies. Mm. Uh, but salt and sugar, by pouring salt and sugar on the floor in front of a fairy, no matter how strong they are, must get down and count each grain until done. Now, that sounds like Christian folklore to me. Yeah, I know that. That's why I'm saying this is a composite of a bunch of things. You're like, I'm just going to pour this bag of sugar out. Ha-ha! <laughs> and then the next day, your house is flooded with ants. Yeah, really. So the fairies invaded anyway. Anyway. They just <laughs> brought the ants with them. I mean, there's some actually very interesting, you know, like, you don't put sugar down. No. Just in general. No, but it was salt, you know, it's a barrier. So. Yeah, so that's that's yeah. the other part. But, yeah, this is this was, this when you said that, I'm thinking, like by golly, look at this silly list. Yeah. That's probably why I, I brought I like it up. It. Well, yeah. fairies like beer, uh-huh. right? So mm-hmm. you can always leave offerings of fairies like to be drunk mm-hmm. and intoxicated. Mm-hmm. They're party animals, mm-hmm. generically, like, looking all the fairies, no, but... Let's just go with these generic things. Right? Okay. Uh, beer, cream, milk, honey. They like all those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, they like, I've heard bells both repel and draw near. Right. So whatever. Right. There you go with that. Um, here's the one thing I will say, and I feel like this is super important. If I ever teach classes about fae beings or fairies, I always mentioned this at least two or four or ten times. Mm-hmm. You can open a relationship with deity and make an altar or a shrine to a goddess and leave offerings. And then if you forget or you get lazy or dust develops on your altar or you stop giving offerings, that goddess has other things to do mm-hmm. and isn't that worried about it. Your personal relationship may manifest in different ways, but for the most part, she's not stealing your keys. Mm-hmm. However, if you decide you want to work with the Fae and you build them a shrine and you start leaving them offerings and then you forget or you get lazy, there will be repercussions. Mm-hmm. 
don't open a relationship with a fae if you do not intend to continue to have that relationship. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like the crazy ex-boyfriend that will continue to stalk you if you don't <laughs> stay in relationship with them. They're right. not easy to get rid of. Once, right. But like vampires, once uh-huh. you bite them in, then vampires could be fae. Yeah. That's an interesting thought. There you go. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> today. But um, when you, if you are lazy mm-hmm. in your relationship with a fae being, that's when you start to notice shenanigans. Right. That's when your keys disappear, your glasses break, or the things start to go sideways and wonky in your home, especially if you've invited them in. Right. Um, manners are very important in dealing with fae beings. Mm-hmm. Don't give them anything of yours including your name. Don't tell a fae being your name until you have a long and trusted relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they are, they don't work like we do. Their ethics are not like human ethics. They don't care about our needs or how we need to survive. They just, it's not important to them. They're very chaotic neutral. And you think about it as an energy pattern mm-hmm. without being specific to a particular name or type yeah. of pattern. Is that what energy is? Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. it just it, it's just out there doing its thing, and it'll, uh-huh. you know it it will happen and move and shift, and it could destroy something or it could enhance something. Right. It is not any kind of yeah. good bad, and that's when that is freaking brilliant. Thank there you, you go. Yeah, my mind is blown. I love it. Thank ah, you. thank you. You're welcome. I. I I don't want to say that I blow minds regularly. That sounds terrible and crude and rude. But anyway, that because that's the yeah. that's the whole process. Totally. So, and it's funny because there have been more experiences for me sidebar out of this particular genre in the last two weeks that I've been talking about energy. Yeah. And the flow of energy, the way of energy. And I think the most important thing, and I've noticed this because, well, one, (laughs) I'm going to be going to a part of the country that has tornadoes, Mm -hmm. which is the air, which is very interesting about how it has its its chaotic Mm -hmm. point of reference. An earthquake is chaotic to us as humans, okay? It is nothing more than a release of a certain amount of energy that is built up from beneath yeah. and thus comes to the surface. Right. It's just part of the Earth's life force. It's, it's what the Earth does. It's just that. Yep. And so for me, I'm just like kind of moving in a different way and looking at that energy. Mm-hmm. And now it's come back into conversations here yeah. that I have, whether it's between us on the on the radio about this subject or any other. Right. So I don't know what that means, but yeah. stay tuned. There may be a development. <laughs> Two things for me to ponder today. Say as just energy force and vampires, let's say. <laughs> Which is also an energy force, and we've already talked about vampires. Um, and because I've mentioned probably every episode how much I love vampires, and you'd like to be one. I would. Yes, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Gosh, golly! I have an age cutoff, though. I, I have an age cutoff, so if I don't find my vampire sire soon, it's going to be too late. I'm uh, too old for it. Well, you know, I mean. Just think of it as it may stop you at a certain point, but it'll make you really great at that point. You know, it's like the ultimate person. You don't have to look like an 80-year-old. Right. 
you know, we'll considering. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. There's, it's, there's it, still time. There's, there's still time. So <laughs> um, where are we in our time? Well, we should probably start wrapping up, actually. Because I know we would, we got into the Fay level of no time. Yes, we did. Which I thought was fascinating. It's yes. sort of like we were just going and there's nothing here to to stop us from being here forever. Yeah. But um, yeah. now I believe that our episode next week is Ask a Witch. Mm-hmm. It yep. is. So get your questions in. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you'll have to wait a couple more months before we do another one, but go to witchpriestesscauldron.com and fill out a little questionnaire and mm-hmm. address your your question or thought or topic. Right. Yeah. You never you never know, and and obviously the fact that she will be going to another continent and coming back, she might have more knowledge gained from there. Maybe. I know. So those questions could probably have more power brought back. <laughs> mm. We'll see. I know. We will see. But we won't be giving out numbers or lottery winnings no. or any or of that. Winning the stupid football game. Yeah, I know that. It just doesn't doesn't go there. I've had I'm actually another moment here is I am so angry hmm. about how the um they had a political cartoon in the Press Democrat, our local but beautiful paper. And it was about everybody getting all upset because the particular horse that didn't win the Kentucky Derby because of it bumping another horse and was disqualified, which is, you know, everybody bet, bet on that one. It was the favorite one. And some obscure one got it. And, of course, there's all the talk of how do we want to put this manipulation from outside sources and how it was required to do that for bigger gains on certain things. But they also showed the um, number of deaths of horses at like, they they had like, I think it was 23 based on what has already happened in California specifically with the way they have treated horses, the race horses. Yeah. Yeah. It's abuse. And it's abuse. And I, and of course, this is my animal. I'm a Sag. Yep. You know, yeah. um, I was really angry. Yeah. So they're they're really that sport sucks. Yeah. And I'm pissed. It's kind of like saying, let's it's play. It's interesting because dog racing has been virtually shut down. Yeah. It still happens. It still happens. But they, the great running of the greyhounds in Florida was but a big thing. Yeah, but that's been virtually shut down. But horses, ha- it's like. Why would that be any different? I know. Why would that be any different? Cockfights, and we're not talking gross, but we're talking about chicken cockfights. Right. And dog fights yeah, that they do. Oh, I mean, perfect. all of these horrible things that they do as, comp- as the, the, the sport. Yeah. And we have the audacity to treat these animals in a way chemically and, and brutally to do that. So now that I've had my rant, I will, I will be cool. Yeah. Anyway. So they will get their own, and we will let the fae take care of yeah. it. Yeah, just sick the fae. Sick the fae on them. But anyway, so with okay. that, we will see you again on the radio with Ask a Witch. This will come tomorrow as a recorded uh, yep. episode, and you can listen to us again. That's right. We'll be around. We'll be around. Bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Leon Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be.